This episode of Blitzed is brought to you by Club Rip Curl. Have you signed up yet? Mate, it's as good as signing up the Rebels and the Comancheros and the Hells Angels. Even more perks, possibly. Uh, not that being a bikey gang doesn't have its perks, up the one percenters, but Club Rip Curl is well worth getting in behind. Uh, all you got to do is go to ripcurl.com, click a few buttons. You're a member in less than a minute. And next thing you know, you just tapped into the maddest surf community in the world with access to exclusive offers and members-only rewards. Stuff like tickets to Rip Curl events, access to surf legends and surf lessons, discounts on rippy goods, free shipping, heaps, heaps more. And if you've got a Rip Curl Search GPS, you actually get points every time you surf. That's valuable members' points. That's where the good oil is. That's what gets you the discounts, man. All you swell ends grew up with Rip Curl. You know the Weddies. You know the brand. You know the team. And uh, you can join that team by joining Club Rip Curl. Imagine that. Yeah, mate, I'm on the same team as Mick, Molly, Tyler, O-Dog. <laughs> Mates, Club Rip Curl, get on it. Competition surfing. Rashies. Nerdism. Welcome to Blitzed Pure to our Nerdism Vaughn, the grand finale. It's a wrap. Oh. And uh, yeah, an interesting result. Not the best for Australian surfing, nah. but some solid surfing. Probably the heat, the heat of the year, in fact. Yeah. I would say uh, the Ethan Ewing Toledo one scored a mediocre uh, range on the, the chat radio. He gave it a three and a half. I just thought yeah. between Marksy Bra, Catching Fire, uh, the Ewing Toledo heat, that first heat in their, their best of three surf off. Um, uh, yeah, it was entertaining enough. Mm. That kind of uh, short period, head high, hurricane swell. I don't know about it, man. It was a bit gutless at times. you. And uh, yeah, just left us wanting more action. What did you make of it? Oh, yeah. 3.5. That's all I could give it. I felt like... Plenty happened, like the day delivered in some ways, you know, like uh, we, we got some, you know, decent surfing, a couple of real high point performance sort of me, uh, spikes and um, yeah, some good storylines playing out, but mate, fuck, the surf was just, I couldn't get behind it, eh? Like for a fucking, for considering the, the quality of the surfers who were there, the quality of trestles on its day, like I heard it's cooking today, I heard mm. it's actually firing today and apparently there's two more spikes uh, on the way, but I guess they just got so towy. Like Mick said, he was over there. They were, they were just going, let's run, let's run. They weren't They weren't sort of playing the long game with this. Yeah. And, yeah that, uh, that, that, that's a karmic kick up the coit, in my opinion, because it, it's all about money at the end of the day mm. and not having to spend too much money on having the contest structure erected. And, mate, when you... When you demand financial returns on the back of nature, you're always getting oh. a kick up the coit. It's not how it works. It, it, surfers know this. You can't, you know, plan trips around and, and waves around the, the amount of resources you're spending. You yeah. always get skunked. Yeah, like, man. This is well, how it works. I, you know, it's just it's reflective of the year, though. You know, it's been a, a fucking tough year for the Wolves in the head mm. office. And uh, heads like, have rolled, in fact. Oh, like. mate! And like any any organisation on earth, whether it's a footy team or fucking whatever, if the administration's sort of in a state of of flux. It's it's it, not, it's 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 headless. You see it? It's headless. 
the show. Oh, but you can see it. You can see that, you know, these th- this day was just reflective of the year. So, I mean, um, all year you, you had these sort of like pockets where it could have gone down. Uh, I don't know if waiting periods did get reduced. I th- heard somewhere during the year that that might have been a wow. thing where they actually cut a few days Whoa, off here and that's there. that's controversial. Yeah, man. Well, that I don't know. I, I could be fucking talking shit. Wow. Maybe, but, um, look, uh, yeah, look, puckered. Got the job done. He was pretty uh, outstanding. Puckery. And uh, Ewing gave us, like, moments of pure grit and uh, just surfing out of his fucking mind, mate. Um, but, yeah, out of sync with the ocean. Fuck, it happens to all of us. Uh, it doesn't just happen to you and me, mate. It mm. doesn't just happen to our mate Sam Clark, who got washed around Tallows this morning into Ooh. the cliffy edges. Ooh. Clarky, and the mountain goat. I hope you're all right, Clarky. And, um, yeah, it's just sometimes you're out of sync, man. And uh, the was just had one of those years. And, you know, despite the fact that, you know, there was a lot of hype on the day going, surf's cooking and all the – I was just going, this isn't even – this is subpar trestles. Like, mm. wishy-washy, windblown kind of wind damage swell lines and never really even stepped – like, stood up like the way it can and, and mm. give the, the uh, surfers an opportunity to get vert. Like, on the women's side, did you see a single, like – Maneuver other than maybe two or three backside closeout rows of Caroline's where the tail blow was incorporated and there was a bit of a vertical kind of mongrel going on. Yeah, it was pretty lateral surfing yeah. by and large. Carissa could not get vert to save her life nah. and it cost her dearly. Mm. So, yeah, 3.5, mate. What was yeah. your biggest story from the event? Uh, the biggest story for me, it was a. A combination of Marxy just catching fire, mm. uh, absolutely on fuego, untouchable, never even looked like losing. Like, won mm. it in a canter, basically. I uh, kind of squeaked past Katie Simmons in that first wave-starved heat, but once she got rolling, like, there was mm. absolutely no stopping her. And Ewing! Oh. Ewing! Ewing! Uh, just pushing through the pain barrier. Mm. I mean, far out uh, to have two... Fractures in your vertebrae and be putting that amount of G forces through your spinal yeah. column. Oh, I mean, either either it was just a hairline fracture, or he had the governor of California himself, Arnold Schwarzenegger, hooking him up with a peptides program <laughs> because there's just no explanation otherwise. Oh, but it made no sense. Mate, he was hair- absolutely tweaking the bejesus oh, out of God. his lower back and pelvis with some of those signature hooks mm. to tail slides. The best turn in the history of the surfing universe. Yeah. He had that thing just so greased up, buttery. I thought he got robbed by the judges, to be honest, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the other big story as well, obviously, Carissa's yeah. melt, which yeah. we'll, we'll get into right now. Well, I uh, thought, oh, just, just sorry, mate. For me, it was Ethan for sure, just over Carissa and... Um, I agree. The, the compression, even on a hairline fracture, mate, what happens when there's a crack in something? You apply pressure and that crack gets bigger. But uh, for Ethan, it's almost like his surfing just went to another gargantuan level. And uh, we've said it before, but I'll, I'll say it again because it's uh, it's completely appropriate to repeat here. When that can't rip the lid off a wave, Smitty, it is ripped, mate. It is completely demolished in, like, you know, biblical f- style. Mm. Like uh yeah, I don't know. I, I just see, like, you know, that sort of um, old school First Testament kind of, like, fucking destruction going down, you know, fire, floods, uh, sin, sin everywhere, mm. mate. Sinful surfing. And I don't know about you, Smithy, but I'm ready to go First Testament like those 
those poor suckers uh, at the base of the mountains when Moses goes up to get the fucking things done and they just start sending it, world's biggest party, while they're waiting for the Ten Commandments to come back down the hill. And uh, I reckon if they create a gold idol of fucking Ethan Hewing, mate, I'll have clothes off. Just put the oil all over me. I'll roll around with all the other disciples of pure power surfing. And, uh, yeah, mate, I'm happy. I'm happy to make Ethan my false idol because that motherfucker, mate, as if you're not going to bathe in the holy water that comes off his outside rails. Oh, man, I, I don't know if you saw the footage, but he was sending those, like, buckets of spray yeah. that high into the atmosphere. That light onshore was just blowing that drizzle back yeah. onto the San Clemente <laughs> sex-crazed, happy, changed, clapping. Changed instantly. It yeah, was almost like... and they were just crying <laughs> and screaming as they... Uh, Got baptised by a Ewing spray. Oh, and, uh, oh, oh. I mean, yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what they need. A bunch of sin fueled sex-crazed maniacs yep. down there, you know, pretending to be Christian. It's a sordid scene down there at San Clemente. It is. The karmic kick up the coit was on the offing <laughs> in the form of Griffin Colapinto's oh. semi-melt. I mean, mm. uh, yeah, not a classical melt. Performed well enough, but got fully done by hearing yeah. baptised. What, what did you make of, of sort of Griff's performance? Because it, it seemed measured, which, I mean, man, if there's one thing you can't be in these heats, it's like taking out the approach that you're just going to get the job done. Like, was he? do you think he had that thing of, like, one eye on the final? Or, like, what, where, what did you make of his performance? Because he was surfing hard, mm. but he just didn't bring that firepower, oh. that... He fucking would bring out there every surf of his life. Mm, yeah, well, he enjoyed it, so that's the main thing, mm. I guess. But yeah. uh, no, it just seemed like maybe the the lack of energy on offer in the ocean stymied that progressive kind of fin-ditching style of surfing that I was expecting. It just mm. wasn't a whole lot of that. There was none of that sizzle and X factor. Nah. And he's just not going to match Ewing on rail alone. Nah. And, and so uh, it, it was a, a foregone conclusion. As soon as he couldn't find that rhythm and that explosive brand of surfing, Ewing just uh, you know took him apart. It kind of screamed of... that. There's one glitch in this Final Five scenario, mm. and that is that... The surfer who's just surfed is in form and rhythm and they've had their feet in the wax and they just you're almost at a disadvantage uh, in Griffin's situation coming up against Ethan, who's on a roll at that point. It's just dispatched uh Jow, was it? Mm. And uh, moves on to Griffin and fucking just lights the kid up. So yeah. uh yeah, that, that that that's a bit of a pattern that's emerging in this this format mm. is uh, surfers get on rolls and, and other surfers can't even get started. We saw mm. it with Griffin, we saw it with uh, Carissa. Carissa. Yeah. So, yeah, you can put it down to either of those things. Mm. Biggest melt, Vaughn? Well, it goes without saying, doesn't it? it it's does. actually, it's still like an avocado seed in my neck. You know, watching it delaminate in real time, it, it was just like out of this world. But to give this format some credit, you know, as we've said many times, Smithy, the, the women's world champs are, are just so dominant throughout the year that they can surf all year without having to step up on a big stage against their number one rival. And two years running now, we've seen one of the most dominant surfers in the history of the sport get steamrolled. Mm. And uh, what does that say to you? Like, is it is it that Carissa... Uh, you know, we spoke to her. I don't, did you ever listen to that interview in the, in the pre-game warm-up? And she was like, yeah, I've learned a lot from that. Like, I, ha- I had to do a lot of healing. It took a moment. And I was like, you know what? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't that you weren't uh, learning, but you had a lot more to learn because it's not until the furnace is fucking turned to, you know, 
red line where the, where the fucking cauldron is about to explode. That's when the demons and the ghosts come screaming out of the fucking dark at you, man. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, uh, as much as poor Riss, like, was fucking feeling good and feeling like she'd done enough and she'd put a world title year together, the big issue was is that we're not in the old system. Putting a world title year together just doesn't really mean much anymore. It's almost uh, a disadvantage. Yeah. And, uh, like... You almost would rather come in at second or third. I think, you know, the rumour going around... This is a rumour I heard this morning was that she was rattled for the few days leading up to that green light. Like, people would see her and they were going, ooh, she doesn't look, she doesn't look good. And this yeah. is coming from pretty wow. solid sources, uh, witnesses on the ground. And um, I just think that, yeah, I think that maybe she had done such a great job to bounce back from, from such intense heartbreak. But, mate, it's, it's grand final day that... <laughs> You know, makes you the world champ or not in this in this day and age, and there needed to be a really, really solid emotional plan there for Riss to not get, you know, basically torn apart by the demons because it had as much to do with her. Well, almost, I would say, it had more to do with her emotional and mental state than it did what uh, Caroline Maxi Bra was doing against her because mm. Caroline surfing was just solid. It was rock solid. But it wasn't like fucking blowing the, you know, it wasn't like the Ethan and Phil thing where they knew they had to step it to a whole nother level to get the win. Mm. Carolyn just did what she had to. Yeah, I mean, that said, she was cashing cashing in some huge combined totals. I think she had uh, yeah. two combined totals, up, upwards of 17 points against Tyler in yeah. that first heat against Carissa. Uh, Mondo totals, like... Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Clearly, Carissa's got a very bad case of the yips, mm-hmm. and I don't know if there's a pharmaceutical jab or trauma <laughs> release therapy that can get rid of uh, it. Maybe there's some mystical yeah. Amazonian brew in the bowels of the jungle that she can go and uh, partake in that to rid herself like you, of this dreaded fear. Yeah, I, can't, um, I can't see you go on the pharma route for the quick fix on that one, fuck, mate. Fuck, mate. She is up against it. Um, and, yeah, I... It's a terrifying prospect for her if the WSL sticks with this format because it just basically says to me that she's probably not going to win another world title until she can overcome this this serious mental issue. Yeah, the body language was awful. Mm. In in particular, I really started to notice it in between uh, the heats, the the heat one and heat two against uh, Caroline when she was... You know, in the competitors' area, and she just looked defeated. Mm. She looked fragile, uh, and oh, yeah, I was just like, I think this is a foregone conclusion. And sure enough, comes up against uh, Caroline in that second heat, waits an age oh, to get started. Bad and sign. With each minute that ticked yeah. over, you're just thinking, oh, this is the looking screw less is turning, and Smithy. less likely. The screw is turning. Man, let's get into the mechanics of her melt. Yeah, uh, I mean, because that. That yellow leaders jersey, that thing was just looking like a melted cheese on her back. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Wow. Wow. Uh, and yeah. right from the first wave in the final, she looked cold, stiff, and out of rhythm. Uh, she took a poor wave, overcooked a turn, mm. and fell off on her first scoring opportunity. And, and right then and there, it's just like with her track record, she needs a good, solid, confident start yep. to, to choose a one hitter wave and, and, fall overcooking a, a, a Larry like mm. fuck it just looked so bad right from the get go um, and yeah by the time she even got started in that first heat she was already staring down huge numbers it's exactly what Luke Egan would have been telling mm. Caroline to do just get get in the wax early 
get some just get numbers on the board. Yeah, almost doesn't matter what it is, but as it turns out, uh, yeah, she's sitting on a combined total of fifteen plus points within the first few minutes. Yes, Marxy Bra an eight six seven uh, for her opening wave, a deep signature bottom turn, it's a huge carve in the bowl, uh, straight into another vicious hook and, and a closeout Rio, just a, a three turn special piling on the pressure. Marxy Ocalupo just crack. Krakatoa and uh, backed it up with a 6-5 on a, on a kind of inside mid-sized runner. Just jammed four solid backside Rios and slashes. And yeah, at that point, the PTSD has just fully set in for Arnie Riss. I mean, that total alone that uh, Caroline compiled in that first few minutes, that was enough to have won of the heat. And she added on top of that a 7-9-3 and an 8-4-3 and just absolutely flogged Carissa yep. like it was such a consummate demolition uh, you just th- those like psychic wounds the, yep. the way she was just so easily compiling scores you know ra- building the house further and further sky high out of reach fuck man uh, yeah just hate to be in Arnie Riss's situation at that point oh. uh, yeah, well, what's going through her head at that point Carissa, uh, you know, just getting absolutely schooled by a chick who's just so totally in rhythm and flow. Like, I don't think she fell off once the entire event. The last two minutes, the last three minutes, I think she had one priority bungle, Marxy. Yeah. But uh, she was just in searing form. What's Carissa thinking? I don't know, mate. And this is what kind of... This is what kind of astounds me a little bit about this scenario. Like, was there a plan in place for... You know, the yips, like, was it something that was talked about? Like, was it something where, you know, Camp Risk was like going, hey, like, let's address what might happen if, if Caroline gets this first win. Like, surely it was in there. Surely it was a strategy. But how to actually bring yourself back into the heat, like you said, for, for the for the second matchup. Like, I just, I can't understand how it, it got so deep into her. And she was just, as you said, so frail. By the uh, by, the time you know heat two hit the water, it was almost like you could see Marxy getting down there just with like pure determination, like just sensing that her moment was was upon her, and yeah, it just felt like the fight had almost just dissipated on the breeze, man. Yeah, it just looked like Carissa was hoping. It all looked about mm. hope, and hope's not good enough. It Fucking needs to be belief. Nah. And uh, yeah, I mean that said. Given how good Caroline surfed in that first heat, I don't know if there's anything Carissa could have done to, mm. to change the outcome there. She just got completely flogged. Uh, I think, you know, she surfed well enough. Uh, what was it? A, a pair of sevens she cashed in. But, yeah, you know. But just not the wrist we know and love, man. Like, when wrist is no on heater, she fucking is not just near near. Um, like, you know what the, the difference was? Like, how different was Riss in that heat at J-Bay this year where she snapped her board, got back out there and just fucking put on the most insane clinic. Like, really some of the best surfing we saw on the women's tour this year. Uh, but, you know, when her back was against the wall and she snapped that board, the year before she was running around and it was all panic stations and all that, this year she just went, right, I'm fucking not letting this get to me again. And she came out and she was steely as and she was doing the biggest fucking blowtail you know, under the lip calves and stuff in that heat. But that surfer was not there mm. uh, at Trestles. Do you think a, a goofy foot is at an advantage in those kinds of conditions, uh, just lacking <laughs> that bit of energy? You know, you, you can kind of snap the body, body talk it. Mm. Like, 
it's just it's a tricky one. Get, get up and down a, a bit yeah. early, uh, a bit easier. Displace a bit more water backside, can't you? Like, yeah, uh, you can get more vertical backside. Oh, in I think there was conditions. way more explosive surfing coming out of uh, career, uh, sorry, Marxi Bra in that whole event than anyone else on the women's draw for mm. sure. But on the men's side, I can't imagine any goof doing what Ethan and uh, Phil bucket Phil were doing, mate. Mm. So uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe, but we did know, like, even in all of our pregame ramp-up stuff, you know, there was definitely the sense that Marksy being the only goof was going to work to her advantage, and it couldn't have actually set up any better, that surf, because it was fucking pretty tricky and wobbly, man. Like, pulling your rail through that turn on your front side is a real fucking critical art form, and uh, we saw who nailed it on the day. Mm. Uh, Heat two... Chris had got off to the worst possible start, as I mentioned. Yep. Uh, nearly coughed up priority right off the bat and, and really was lucky not to have lost priority in that, that first exchange uh, or, or non-exchange. Mm. And then waited more than half the heat to get her first wave. And at that point, you're like, yeah. this is over, basically. Uh, you know, when you're down on form and confidence and needing to win to keep your title hopes alive, I don't think anyone would recommend sitting and thinking about that prospect for the nah. first, what was it, 23 minutes of the heat or something? Uh, yeah, without catching a wave. So it's hard to see on the broadcast whether there were any of those mid-sized runners, but you kind of would have to think there was. Like, they seem to be there. You know, it's something in the, the shoulder-high range just mm. to, to start building a bit of momentum and, and surfing and, yeah. and generating fives and sixes and just getting that bit of belief. You know, even if it's one single turn that you really fucking – jam and, and stick in the spot yep. that's enough sometimes to kickstart a campaign uh instead she sits there uh eventually goes a smaller set wave and, and puts up a pretty meek lateral three-turn combo uh it was kind of a carve to boggy rio to mm. end section fin drift rio it was, it was kind of a sick turn but she got hung up i think yep. it's a five five or something Marksy <coughs> on the very next wave just pins the perfect backside snap to the pocket. A magic turn. It was a bigger wave. Straight into another Caralupo bottom turn. Mm-hmm. Another carve. Then it's a three-turn flurry on the end. Carve Rio and close out belt for a seven. Yep. And at that point, it's 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 a foregone conclusion, yeah. surely. Uh, um, Carissa then gives Caroline a wave under her priority. You know, you, uh, when you're making mistakes like that, you clearly just, your mind's elsewhere. Mm. You know, she, she positions herself too far out the back, can't get into one, uh, or, or maybe even just doesn't properly commit to it. Marksy goes it. Uh, yeah, big slash, another solid gouge, and a sick semi-upside-down hook to finish for a 7-6. Mm. It's just panic stations at this point <laughs> for Honey Riss. Uh, oh, she holds no. a nerve, though. Carissa and answers with a, a nice clean head high right, winds up, nice carve into another, and then the money turn, a, a savage drop wallet that displaces a solid hunk of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets back up for a closeout foam climb in the 693. And then it gets kind of interesting. It's mm. an awful heat. It's, it's so wave starved. Yeah. But the back end, there was a bit of drama. Uh, Caroline made her first error in the event with under three minutes on the clock. She went a shit one that she didn't even need to go. Like, she should have just been blocking Carissa at that point. Mm. I mean, it was a howler of a strategic error considering she had one hand on the trophy and and just needed to to see it out sitting on Carissa. But, yeah, she she goes a a shit one, doesn't get any kind of serious score. Carissa gets a solid wave on cue, uh, has the chance to, to... you know, get the score of seven six seven and win the heat, and she rips off a super critical vertical frontside gouge in the bowl to open uh, probably her best turn mm. of the event. 
but can only manage a closeout Rio and, and a desperate claim for a 6-6. It clearly oh. wasn't the score. I mean, if it had more opportunity, yep. maybe she would have got it. But, yeah, that was it, man. That was, that was all Carissa really offered. There was one... Maybe two good turns yep. in that performance, and the rest was pretty meek, lateral, very average surfing, not befitting of a world champ, not deserving no. of a world title. Whereas Marcy Bra, you know, takes the event and, and took it in her stride. Mm. You know, she didn't seem overly uh, hysterical or theatrical. You know, she was just kind of jovially laughing with, with Strider yep. in the channel, making a bit of idle chit-chat. And, uh, yeah, just, just took it all in a stride. It was, it was a, an impressive performance, and you'd think there's more titles to come on the back. Yeah, man. Well, um, you know, she said uh, in many interviews before this uh, finals day that she had had a shocker of a year last year. She had a, a lot of personal demons that she was dealing with, uh, you know, behind closed doors that she basically had to fucking, you know, restructure her whole system of life, basically, to come back on the tour. She goes and gets Luke Egan in her corner, world title whisperer. You know, he was in Joel's corner. He was in uh, Oki's corner when they were touring together. So he, he knows what it takes. And he's seen talent, natural talent, um, you know, have to work that extra bit harder to bring that sort of competitive mongrel or calm or whatever it is, you know, those strategies into your game to, to get the success. Um, but I just love that she – I think the one thing that I would – it's hard to say without knowing for sure, but in, in our interview with Louis and uh, Bra, you know, she just sounded so chill. She sounded like ready to go. It was all like, you know, there was no fear of losing. Uh, there was no fear of anything. It was just like, okay. I'm, and like, think about it. She's sleeping in her own bed just down from the break that she surfs every day. Yeah, she's a transplant there, but that's her home break now. Uh, Katie Simmers is sucking all that hometown pressure out of her fucking experience for this world title. You know, she's just walking down the beach and, and going surfing. People are probably going, yeah, Marksy, bra, good on you, mate. But we're in Katie's corner going, Katie, let's go. You know, like all that expectation. She didn't have to really cop that. And then above her, you know that she's got like uh, Carissa with, like I said, the fucking howling dogs just just tight on the leash, ready to break through and just maul any chance of a world title. That's before she even comes into the equation. So for me, it was really the Tyler heat that was going to be sort of deadly for Marxy Bra. Mm. And she dismantled Tyler and... um. Yeah, I just think her prep was really good, man. If you think about it, like she, she she was just in a perfect little zone where she could just focus on her own game, sleep in her own bed, get down there with little fanfare and just get the job done. So she surfed like that. Mm, mm, yeah, absolutely. Moving on to the best performance, Vaughn. Yeah, it's very close for mine between Caroline Marks and Ethan Ewing yeah. uh, for different reasons. I thought, yeah, Marksy was just on another planet compared to her competitors. The heat against Tyler, uh, an 833 and a 907 for a, a combined total of 17.44. Mm. I mean, that is <laughs> clutch surfing at the yep. pointy end that screams world title, yep. deserved world title. Mm. Uh, absolutely just dismantled Tyler, as you mentioned. But yeah, I mean, Ethan... I'm kind of giving him the nod, just given what he was up against. Yeah, he didn't win the world title, and we'll get into the reasons for why that wasn't and whether that's valid, that, that he, you know, sure, deserved to lose the second heat, but that first one, uh, mate, I don't know. It, it, it was a bit of a rough call for mine. Uh, 
And yeah, just to be able to to, to do what he did, to, mm. to push Toledo in that fashion, to get past Jiao and and Griffin. Uh, yeah, he, he was just. He, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I don't know mm. how you compartmentalize and, and and put pain that far in, in the back of your mind. I mean, maybe he wasn't in pain. It didn't look like he mm. was. Didn't look at all hindered. Nah. Uh, yeah. So an incredible performance, and I think the only reason really he isn't world champion, we're not talking about the greatest underdog performance in tour history, is because the WSL's judges chose progressive Brazilian aerial surfing over progressive Australian rail surfing. <laughs> it's that simple, right? That's what it came down to. Yeah, you know, There's no question that Toledo's surfing uh, lacked the, the rhythm and flow of Ethan, uh, as expected, and... That that stop start brand uh, got the nod with the big air reverse yep. uh, for the nine in that that first heat uh, and yeah you know the Brazilians kicked up a massive stink halfway through the year as we know as we've talked mm. about about their brand of surfing being underscored well they can never ever complain again after yeah. this because it won a world t- title over what was a fairly flawless performing performance from Ewing. Um, yeah, nah, lost mate, the, well, lost why the are they complaining anyway? They've had every world title since 2017. Like, fucking, what are you actually complaining about? The system ain't broke, bruh. But um, I mean, not not from a Brazilian point of view, anyway. But yeah, man, look, I, I felt like uh, definitely Ethan surfing was the surfing that I was enjoying the most on the day, without question. Not even close to like, was I feeling it? But Phil, like, man. Fuck, he, when he's on rail and he unleashes a turn, it is fucking such a sick, committed, open-bodied fucking, you know, just shred. It, it really gives it everything. And, um, yeah, there's a little bit of that, that like, jinkiness in between. But I think he fucking that, – just that first heat was everything you want from pro surfing. The two best surfers in the world, this is where I like the format, you've got to go through your biggest rival, your biggest enemy to get the world title – and to have the waves actually show up for that one heat, to watch those two go at it, fuck, man. I mean, it was a rail fucking... It was, it was the shamans going fucking blow for blow. Like, it was the closest thing we've had to a heavyweight battle in that sort of um, format. And, uh, yeah, like, I just fucking... There, there were stages where my mouth was just a gape for so long, Smithy. I was half expecting, like, a a little family of wasps to build a little mud nest on the back of that dangly thing down the back of my throat. Cause I was just there going, ah, like fuck. And this is bullshit. <laughs> and um, yeah, mate, it was insane. Eh? And I like, like, I guess the big takeaway for me was like any emotional kink that we or, or any scar tissue that we thought Puckett might have after all the, the chatter about Chopes and all that, you know, having any sort of impact on his game, it just, Got blown out of the water the second he caught his first wave. Oh. It was just like a seven. He, the first turn he did was so violent. Like wow. just a fucking Man. kapow. And uh, the cunt might not look sideways at a fucking lump of swell that jumps out of him in, a, in the Pacific. But, man, when he's out of trestles, you better believe he's thinking, this is my house, motherfuckers. Like he's not, he's not thinking about what I'm good at, what I'm bad at. He's mm. like, this is fucking, come here. You are in my world. 
best of fucking luck to you. Yeah, give him a head high, rippable right, and yeah. try stopping him. Yeah, uh, you know, you should, the guy's shot out of a cannon. That first Fully. turn, that, that's all you have to know. I mean, the guy yeah. sits there ice cold all day, just cruising, uh, and then comes out and just hammers that thing yeah. right off the bat. Very first turn. I mean, I watched that thing frame by frame. I slowed it down, and when you go frame by frame, you can actually see that he cuts that thing so clean that that big chunk of water hangs there. Uh, like a big piece of jelly just wobbling <laughs> in the atmosphere before it explodes into a million tiny crystals. Oh, That's how clean he hacked that oh, thing. Did. It was just yeah. as just surgical yeah. and savage and samurai-like. That's it, man. As is possible. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so, the, only, but, the only thing was just the, the linking, really. Like, Ethan yes. is so buttery and Phil just has that little thing where he gets the comes out of a turn and starts to, to pump. You know, he mm. does that sort of classic, like you're racing to get to the next section, Brazilian beach break thing. But mm. but when you, like, as you said, when you slow down every single major turn he did, it is a thing of beauty, man. Yeah, and there's no doubting that. I, I just think that, you know, the criteria, the way it is, speed, power, flow, progression, when I look at what they're trying to tick, uh I don't see Toledo getting the nod over Ethan. Mm. I just like, you know, yes, it kind of all hinges on that nine uh, because that really is what ultimately decided that first heat. Yeah. Yeah, look, Ethan loses the second one fair and square. Yeah. Um, But that first heat, fuck, if if he gets the nod there, it's one apiece going into the third. And I just thought, yeah, like... Going through the nine, you know, skitzy, signature S-turn, like psycho. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, in, in, into a big reverse, like a little wind-up. So it was, it was two huge manoeuvres done in a very short amount of time with, with pretty impeccable flow. Uh, but, you know, where's the love for Ethan? That that power hook to tail slide is the most fucked up rail turn oh. pretty much of all, all time, isn't it? Like the thing is so greasy, just decapitates the section hooks the board in reverse and transitions mm. out with even more speed, mm. uh, you know, straight into that AI wind up, you know, another huge carve, one pump, just getting the fins out or just destru- mm. some of those end sections, just destruction, obliterations where the fins come out and he's mm. sliding backwards down the cupped out section, but just everything's so greasy mm. and buttery and the transitions are so smooth. Like on the flow scale, he is shitting all over Felipe. Mm. Uh, he just, yeah, they're just loving that that, that big punt, that, that, that punt energy. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're kind of comparing apples and oranges mm. in a sense. And I, I don't envy the judges being in that position. Mm. And I guess being from our surfing culture, we're always going to side with viewing and Brazilians are always going to side with what yeah. they side with because we've grown up in completely different environments in, in yeah. terms of what we value the most about high performance mm. and, and progressive surfing. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I can live with the decision. But what I can't live with is fucking whinging Brazilians claiming they're not getting the rub because clearly they got the rub in this one. Oh, mate. Uh, there's, well, there's just no doubt. But like uh, 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 from a purely, uh, you know, fucking invested spectator point of view, that was the heat of the year. Like that was so good to watch because like, you know, fuck trestles. I'm so sick of it. If we go back there, fuck. And that could be it's maybe taking me hat off, taking me boots off, taking me rashy off, taking up a new sport, mate. I don't know if I can watch another one back there. But... That one heat was so good, man. And those fucking turns Ethan were doing, like that, 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 like there was a few times during this finals day where he let it all hang out, and it was a thing of majestic fucking beauty. Like it was so mondo, monstro, fucking high performance. It was next level, and um, 
I appreciate what Phil brought to the finals uh, mm. when he hit the water. Oh, absolutely. He respected Ethan heavily, man. There was nothing there that was taken Ethan lightly. And, um, you know, imagine being Phil on the inside when he's just let go of that monster fucking scream. You know, he finishes on the inside, mm. he's screaming, and then you see him on the inside about to jump on the ski, and here's Ethan behind him just kablooming the absolute living fuck out of this wave. Like... I don't care who you are, mate. You're looking at that and you are going, oh, my God. Yeah. Get Jet me the ski. fuck Jet out ski. there. Jet, Jet ski! Jet Get me out there, you motherfucker! This is, it's just like, you know. And, um, yeah, a, absolute marquee moment in the year of surfing. Mm. That was a pretty ordinary fucking year mm. in a lot of ways, but that was our fucking bell ringer. Let's get into it. Well played. The, that was my best heat and your best heat yeah, and probably far. our best heat of uh, the season. Yeah, started with that first turn. Uh, unbelievable. Just... Just carve the biggest hunk mm. of filet mignon off the top of it. Uh, yeah, and, you know, Ethan, that first exchange was telling. I mean, yeah, there was. Uh, I think there was that big hack and then a couple of wraps and then a, a pretty pretty shitty little air rev off the end. So, yeah. Philippe gets a seven on that. Uh, Ethan gets the rub on that exchange. Uh, stylish carving the bowl into that signature Hook to power slide, mm. buttery transition into another big hook and a closeout Rio. 733 wins the exchange, and right now you're rubbing your fucking hands <laughs> oh, together on. as an Aussie surfer. Thinking, uh, yeah, yeah, like the, the, it's happening. the rail energy of Ethan's going to get the nod here. Mm-hmm. Second exchange, Toledo uses priority uh, on a set wave, sick S turn, three pumps down the line, or, or, or two pumps in a bottom turn, let's say, into a pretty corked air reverse. Gets a flat nine for it. Mm. Uh, it was a pretty big section. Gets above the lip and, and projects out into the flats. Not a full rope, but not far off. Pretty and pretty solid air. Sticks it clean as a whistle. And also like a fucking real section. Yeah. It was a, it was a huck. It was a launch it was a pad. Huck. It was a big section, but it was also short period energy. It's not a super critical section. Mm. It was kind of a fluffy, inconsequential section. Judges ate it up. Give him a flat nine. Ethan, as you mentioned, on the very next wave... Uh, opening with that signature hook to tail slide, just whipped that thing oh so goodness. sick, straight into an even more vicious drop wallet version of the same Fucking turn. Nuclear. Fully loses the A-bomb. fins uh, in, in the cupped out bowl as he flies down the face and into the flats, but reins it in seamlessly, as good as it gets for a two turn combo. They throw an 8 5 at that. Mm. Um, so it doesn't get the rub on that exchange. Fair enough. Uh, you, you're taking Philippe's two turn combo over. Ewing's two-turn combo. Third exchange, uh, Toledo gets an 8 nine, seven. It's fucked up again, as mm. you imagine. Uh, just big float-to-carve combo to open up and launches into a ludicrous frontside finner. That mm. thing was big, lofted, corked, uh, and, and the transition was probably the bit I loved the most mm. about it, just straight into a carb. You know, the way he shuffles his feet into position as the board is spinning mm-hmm. around and goes straight into a bottom turn. Like, that is, that's Toledo in a nutshell. He mm. is the master of that brand of surfing, yeah. just joining the most radical manoeuvres. Even if it's not a radical manoeuvre, his ability to transition out of a radical manoeuvre straight into another mm. one, like, that is... For mine, that's the signature mm. of his performance. And, and, and a the little judges bit of, love it. Yeah, and the X Factor was well and truly on show by this stage. You know, he's starting to throw a few things around that hadn't been seen throughout the day. And, you know, that gets the judges interested as well. Yeah. And it's just a non-stop slugfest at this point. Oh. Ewing's on the next one. Crazy hook to tail slide. He's going backwards down a steep face. Whips it back around. One pump and then bang. 
just rips the top off the next section with a picture-perfect gouge straight into another drop wallet gouge to fin drift and then a foam ride closeout Rio, lightning fast, super progressive, flawless flow, comes in at an 8.73 only Vaughn. And uh, that was the score. That was the one that got you. It was a bit debatable. I don't know. Mm. Like It ultimately decides the heat right there. And nothing of consequence happens thereafter. Uh, yeah, mind melting. But, you know, I guess was Ethan ripped off on that 8.73? You, you compare it to his nine earlier on in the day against Jow. Obviously different heat, different mm. scale. Uh, but, yeah, that nine, smaller wave. Uh, there was a huge drop wallet gouge in the bowl, in the bowl, in the bowl, just Bowed it, disembowed it. Psycho hooked a tail slide and then just uh, blew the back out of it with a a drop wallet kapow. Mm. Uh, And then, yeah, that just decimated the closeout. So... It's it's clap, yeah, no, no. It, look, it, it, you're splitting hairs, but yeah. fuck those hairs of deciding world titles, mm. and uh, yeah, uh, mate. Oh man, I don't man, know. I, 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 no, no, I'm feeling. I actually, I'm feeling, don't know. yeah, I, I'm feeling. Yeah, I think uh, you know, we, we'll get to this in where. What does it all mean? But um, just to mention Joao, like my fucking favorite moment of the day for pure comedy, Smithy, pure comedy. You know, every one of these. Uh, Rippy was finals days has its moment where you see something that like what the fuck is going on here and uh, after uh, Rip your dick off surfed against uh, the Vortex Shaman in Heat 1 did you cop him in his post heat interview I didn't oh mate he's dead set leaning against the fucking uh, leaning against that sort of you know sponsors board as if he's just I don't know woken up from a nap or like you know he's got a hot date and he's got the hottest chick at the but he's just so, so much swagger going on, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, you know, you're through heat one, that's it." And he's like, "Yeah, man, whatever, bro." Right? Just just cruising off his tits, <laughs> and oh god, it was good to watch. It was so classic, and yeah, man. Um, uh, I don't know if you've got uh, you have you got biggest surprise coming up? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll get to that because um, that's that was on the back of the biggest surprise to me. Yeah, which was the Vortex Shaman's performance. Yeah, that was also my biggest surprise. Mm. Yeah, just. Didn't really get out of second gear, did he? No. Nah. Uh, couldn't find any rhythm. I don't know. The conditions, not great. Not not enough energy to really uh, keep him interested or, you know, it's kind of a bit ribby and wobbly yeah. and, yeah, he just looked out of sorts, out of sync. I thought he was going to give us something more than that. Well, but. it's just it was a pedestrian heat, really. Like, you know, like no, both those guys have got firepower. Like, uh, it wasn't like Rip Your Dick Off went mad. He just got a couple of good scores and made the most out of whatever came. Um it's just hard to know. Like I, I had this theory that you know the the, the vortex shaman being such a, a creature of energy, right? Like look where his big wins come. They come at, at points where there's you, there's no access to a big crowd on the beach, or it's all about him in the ocean kind of thing. You know, mm. Chopes is another one. Yeah, you get the, the screams from the channel, but you know when he's surfing Chopes, he's fucking not tapping into that. But um, Southern California, man, like, even when you get off the plane there, you can feel it. You can feel oh, this seething, fucking, suburbia, crazy energy. And I just don't know if the Vortex Shaman belongs in such a space. Nah, gated communities and everything's just manicured and pasteurized and flavored. Yeah, it's, it's anti-shaman. <laughs> it's anti-shaman. Yeah, it is. Shaman, shaman, sham, shamanic. Yeah, it is very it? anti-shamanic. So um, I don't know if this is, because, uh, uh, you know, like, you look at, uh, when you spoke to Jack in the lead up, I just thought, look at this guy, mate. He is so pinpoint. He's so on. Like nothing can can get in there. But maybe it wasn't that that got into his head. Maybe it was just a feel thing, man. Yeah, it just was. Putting, I'm just putting that to you. 
Yeah, he looked like he was out of touch. Mm. There was no rhythm. There was no connection with the canvas. It was just a, an out-of-sorts performance in conditions and, as you mentioned, an environment that, that just does not suit him nah. whatsoever. Nah. And I guess that was something we probably undervalued uh, in the, the lead-up to the event, just mm. how how much that whole situation and saga does not really favour him. Yeah, he does love those pressure moments. He mm. lives for that shit. But uh, there needs to be some kind of authentic connection with the ocean and there's just none of that. It's just fairly impossible for a guy from the, the rawness of Margaret River who's <laughs> grown up since he was 11 packing slabs at the box in North Point. Yeah, yeah like... And, he, and you know what? It's classic because he's small wave game. He can tap into that energy in small waves. No dramas. But I still think that there has to be some sort of like cosmic balance happening. And it's like, if there is a place that's unbalanced, it's fucking Southern California, man. That place has a lot of, um, you know, a lot of karmic fucking weight on one side of the scales and a lot of fucking nothing up the other end. So it, it feels kind of uh, unsurprising in a way. The, mm. the Vortex Shaman might struggle in, a, in that sort of energy. Not not to say that we don't love fucking California. Like, fuck, I don't mind getting over there and having a rip in and all, all the crew there are fucking legends. But it's just, look where he comes from. Like you said, the fringes, mate. The ocean that, that sets him up and sets him alight, like John John, is fucking deep ocean and energy in the middle of nowhere, about as far from the nearest fucking oil rig as you can possibly imagine. Mm, mm. Best wave? Oh, Ethan, for sure. Like, I mean, I, I loved what Phil did in the final. I didn't see a whole lot on the women's side. That really fucking blew my head off. You know, there was no, like, uh, Steph's 10 in Bali or, you know, fucking, I don't, I don't know. There was, there was just, like, kind of, uh, there were moments with, with Marksy for sure, but just not, not kind of enough there, uh, whether it was the waves or whatever, for me to get excited about a particular wave on the women's side of the draw. But certainly, Ethan put at least three or four waves together that I could just fucking watch on repeat over and over and over. Yeah, totally. It was hard to separate. He's 8.7. And he's 9. And, and nine, uh, Both represented the, the future of seamless yet savage rail surfing, next level, mm. futuristic shit. And I'll take it seven days a week over Toledo's carve to Airverse for his 907, which was the highest scoring single wave of the event. Mm. So that's me rinsed corn. But uh, what's it yeah, all mean, Smithy? Apples and oranges. What does it all mean? Well, it means Philippe Toledo is now one of the sport's all time greats and one of the very few to defend a world title. Uh, he's now alongside such names as John John, Florence, uh, who's the most recent Slater AI, Curran, Carol. Uh, and uh, yeah, he hasn't just defended it, but he has finished so far ahead on points. He's almost lapping the field. Mm. Uh, and it, we heard Mick that fucking good fanning talking about how hard it is to win consecutive yep. uh, titles and, and about how unimaginably draining it is just to get one. Uh, let alone have the d- discipline and the motivation to back it up and, and, and get a, a, a second. In succession. So uh, I guess the big question now is, Vaughn, can you enter that AI Slater MR realm of greatness uh, with a third? I'd say no, just on an emotional level, uh, unless you can find a way to, to just sit in that calm flow state and, yeah, just compete without any real level of stress getting to him. Mm. It, it's just got to wear you down at some point. If, you know, looking at the... 
the energy and adrenaline and cortisol levels that course through him in any serious performance he puts on. Mate, like the come downs, getting back up, it's, it's got to be an emotional roller coaster. Oh, big time, man. And he's, emo- he's going through it a lot more than other world champs in the past probably have, you know, because he's got the puckered corn. And it's hovering and it's real, mate. And um, it, it, it adds a level of stress that not a lot of the other crew on tour are having to deal with. So let's put it this way, right? The best small wave surfer in the world won the world title in a year where the waves were their worst that they've been in a long, long time, right? So you can't argue with that. And uh, Puckett is a, a master of competitive surfing. Like, is he the best surfer in the world, Smithy? No. No, he's not. But is he the best surfer in the world this year in a contest, Rashi, in marginal waves? By far. Like, easily, Millions in fact. Millions of miles. And, uh, yeah, mate, look, I think uh, Ethan deserves to be the second best surfer in the world this year. Uh, I think he's been the, the best, like, in the top five conversation uh, outside of the Rashi for the last two years at least. Um, so that's a fucking fantastic result and something Australia should be super proud of. Griff had a really good year. I think, you know, he, uh, he'll he learn from from this experience, maybe get McConaughey onto his, into his corner a little bit earlier, mm. get those pep, pep talks going. and yep. uh, Pep talks, pep tides. Pep tides, pep, pep talks. Pep right up. The women's is a different story, man. This is where the cat amongst the pigeons because, you know, Fuck. I mean, this this format does not reward the year's best surfer. <laughs> it's like, Marksy got on a heater, as you said, shut it down um, in in a similar fashion to how we've seen, you know, runaway leaders get chased down in the past. Uh, it's not a new story. It's not unique to this format. But for someone like Riss to have now had, a, you know, a five-time world champ, having it plucked out of her fingers twice in a row, mate, oh, the big questions will be coming and um, it just, it, it like, let me ask you this. Do you think it will have a lasting impact on Reese's legacy at all? That she has reached this finals day twice, has to find a way to win, and can't get it done? Yeah, well, it's crazy to think that having now coughed up two world titles in succession, uh, had it gone differently, she'd be on an equal peg. She'd be equal fan yeah. goat with Steph. Yeah. Uh, had she, you know, beaten Steph last year, and and you know that just changes the entire momentum and narrative and, and self belief that yep. she, you know the self talk mm. that she's coming up with. So, mate, it, well, it can't not affect her legacy because she's just down there on a paltry five world titles <laughs> and uh, yeah, like. But I mean, do you think that like next year? She'll just canter it in, keep an eye on the top five, do not worry about fucking trying to get into that top spot or gold jerseys and just start her run a little earlier. I think so because... It'd definitely suit her. It has to. This this situation that she's in at the moment clearly doesn't suit her. That, mm. that expectation is so toxic. And I think that what the yips is, is, is a big part of it is expectation yeah. and, and also fear that you could melt again. The mm. fear of the melt combined with the expectation that you should win, that is just the most toxic combo Fuck, because mate. you can't win. If you mm. win, it's expected that you win. And if you don't win, it's howling derision and claims of melting. And so, yeah, it's yeah. an awful situation to be in. Maybe she's got to skip chopes or, you know, just, just come in a bit lower. Or, or you know, I, I think you know, she's going to hate this format of a passion now. Mm. She's going to feel so robbed. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wonder where it leaves the WSL when you have a surfer of, of Carissa's kind of clout 
and influence. She's going to be rallying so hard against this format moving and, forward. And, you'd think. Well, there's a lot of people who will be rallying with her. Yeah. You know, uh, so that's interesting. But look, I just think at the end of the day, this is sport. It, it's It's framed up to be a sport. That's what it wants to be. That's what it is. And it's fucking stories like the the champion of the world getting fucking fleeced on grand final day that makes sport fucking interesting. Absolutely. Man. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is this isn't the platform for soul surfers or fucking free surfers or slab heathens or chicken farmers or any other kind of fucking wants surfing to be something that it, it, it's clearly not in this place. So what we got to do is fucking appreciate that, man. When you are the number one surfer at the end of the year, if you want to win that world title, you've got to beat the other five fucking surfers who are nipping at your heels, challenging you, bringing out your best. You've got to beat them to get to number one. I think as a sport and as a spectacle, it fucking works. Yeah, me too. It just can't be at Trestles anymore. 100%. It fucking can't be, Smivy. I don't know about you, mate, but you and I need to fucking get our fucking applications in for this was top job, man. Bro. It's so easy. Late season Indo. It, it, it just has to go there. You know, green bush in the morning, macaroni's in the oven <laughs> once it goes on shore, something like that. Fucking uh, why, bro? Like go back Sumatra. to Hawaii if you fucking want. Like anywhere. Yeah. I'll fucking anywhere, take man. anywhere, man. I can't do another oh. fucking day. Windblown, fucking a semi-ordinary, gutless, non-truth waves. No truth. And come on, Woz. You've got us here, man. We're absorbed. We're believers. We fucking love it. It just needs some truth. Yeah, and it just makes no sense to be complaining about the the finances required to run an event at somewhere like Trestles and be rushing, you know, the event, calling it earlier on mm. uh, when there's spikes in the swell forecast. If that's your complaint, like I get it, they want bums on seats, they want that stadium atmosphere, and, and you lose that pretty much at any real world class wave yeah. uh, that I can think of, but. When you move it out into the boondocks uh, to some epic remote location, you get A, better conditions. B, it's going to be way cheaper to run. You're dealing with some backwater third world fucking puppet government. Just a, a bit of fuck <laughs> goes a long way in the remote regions of the archipelago oh, or the Pacific. Uh, so, yeah, they just have to respect what surfing is, what surfers want, and put it in some real energy, Vaughn. Well, Smivy, uh, before we go, mate, I want to say a uh, big thanks to you, mate. Big thanks to Rip Curl for supporting Blitz throughout this year. Um, it's been unreal to have uh, their support to bring you all the fucking ramp up, talk up, speculation, often fucking completely wrong predictions, and uh, to then back it all up with uh, the big comp reports at the end. Big thanks to Rip Curl. Big thanks to Better Beer as well. And, uh, mate, guess what? All eyes now on the Changbra. Because we've got two events to go, Portugal and Brazil. <laughs> like, fucking Halle Eva's gone, so fucking put that in your pipe and smoke it. Wow. Um, but we've got Aussies galore, mate. Four of the five top Aussie, uh, women surfers are Aussies right now. So there's four of the five qualifying spots are occupied by the fucking green and gold, mate. Here comes the gold and, rush. Uh, on the men's side. The Eureka Stockade yeah, lives. <laughs> well, we've got, a, we've got a fair battle on our hands with um, fucking Chippo... Wilcox in a really strong spot, but the two percenters are fucking, they're crowding out that top zone, man. Morgie dogs. Morgie in the picture. A couple of other crew there as well. So, Smivy, uh, it's not over yet, mate. Blitz will be back before the end of the year. Well played. Got the 